Hi friends, I'm Shannon Vining from North Point. Um, it's good to be with you today. We've been going through a midweek teaching series on the character of God, and today we're going to be talking about God indwells. What does it mean for a holy God to live within sinful man? One of my favorite images to think about when I'm worshiping is to picture God as like this grand cathedral, like picture this tall vaulted ceilings with woodwork and light pouring in through stained glass windows. And in this light, I am just a small speck of dust floating in the air of this great cathedral. And it brings me to this place of awe, like not only does God notice me, the way that we might notice a speck of dust, but he has such great affection for us that he decides to become a speck of dust. And that's what the incarnation was, right? God coming to be with his people, but he doesn't stop there. He then sends his Holy Spirit to live within us, to indwell, to make his home in us. There's this quote by um, Millard Erickson here. Let me move myself. Um, it says, God is not far off. In the Holy Spirit, the triune God comes close, so close as to actually enter into each believer. He is even more intimately involved with us now than in the incarnation. Through the operation of the Spirit, he has truly become Emmanuel, God with us. Ultimately, God's indwelling will happen on a cosmic universal scale. Like, look at the culmination of all things in Revelation, right? But for now, he extends his indwelling nature to individual persons and to families and groups and people who are filled with his spirit. Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. That makes me question why, right? Why would God want to indwell humanity? Let's look at the first chapter of Ephesians. I love these verses because they're like the Holy Spirit's purpose statement. It says in Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. God's divine purpose has always been to dwell in and among his people. This is why he gave us the Holy Spirit, so we would praise and glorify him. What should our response be to this indwelling? Let's look at Romans 8. It's a pretty clear picture here, and I liked how the message put it. Romans 8 verses 9 to 11 says, For you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. When I hear verses like this, it both encourages and discourages me. Um, I think I feel encouraged because I realize that I don't have to be perfect. 
Christ died for me while I was still a sinner. I don't have to earn his love. It's the Holy Spirit who produces any good fruit in me. But I think I also feel discouraged because of my ever-present sin. Often, doesn't it feel like the same sins keep popping up, the same failures, the same folly, the same desires? So I read that at the end where it says, delivered from that dead life. And I'm like, really? Delivered? I was just praying this week, asking the Lord to take away this certain thorn that's been in my flesh that's been there for years. And I felt like, okay, am I actually being sanctified if this is still there? Because if God is in me, why is this sin still here? But as I thought about it, I'm starting to understand that this tension, this acknowledging that we are sinful humans indwelled by a holy God, I think it can actually draw us into deeper worship with him because we are humbled. We recognize how far below him and his holiness and like we can praise him for his grace and his gentleness and his forgiveness and I um yeah I'm just so I'm so thankful for that Romans 5 10 says while we were still sinners God fully reconciled us to himself now that we are at peace with God how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion so listen the logic here is this if God came near us while we were still sinners, while we hated him, right? Will he pull away now that we love him? Even the mere fact that we want to stop sinning, that we want to please him, isn't that proof of his indwelling? Or as Dane Orland puts it, only a soul in Christ would be troubled at offending him. I found this hymn by Charles Wesley. It was written in 1740, and I think it beautifully captures this experience of being a sinful human indwelled by a holy God. It says, Father, if thou my father art, send forth the spirit of thy son. Breathe him into my longing heart and make me know that I am known. Make me thy conscious child that I may father, Abba, father, cry. Oh, that the comforter would come, not visit as a transient guest, but fix in me his constant home and keep possession of my breast and make my soul his love abode the temple of the living God. A few thoughts to leave you with here today. You could meditate on. Um, First, how can you lean into the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence in your day-to-day life? Uh, We did a midweek teaching on God Speaks like a few weeks ago, so you could go back and listen to that. But just continue to explore what it means for you to listen to the Holy Spirit and listen and learn his voice. Another would be in John 16, Jesus told his disciples, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. How has the Holy Spirit been a helper and comforter to you? And lastly, move me again when I'm all over today. Can you trust that even in your sinful state, your heavenly father is eager to draw near to you, to be with and within you? It was good to be with you, and we'll see you next week for another midweek teaching. Bye.